0: Good morning! Good morning! Good morning! Good morning! Good morning. Good morning. I mean, you to wish me a good morning? What you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away, let me sleep for the love of God!
1: I can't think of a less appropriate song for you, Ben.
2: I do like to boogie. I just like to keep my boogieing uh, and the nightlife like to my own home. And my nightlife is like a, a, a nice audio book and bed.
1: Yeah, I mean, is that we do attend preview screenings together, and I guess that's the extent of our night nightlife,
2: really. Yeah, I like to, ha- and I like to have a nanonap nap in the middle of those uh, preview screenings <laughs> a lot of the time.
1: And I wouldn't say you love it. <laughs> it's always a chore. To go there in the first place.
2: It depends where it is. If it's in the city, yeah. <laughs>
1: Which they all are.
2: Which a, l- yeah, a lot of them <laughs> are. It's very, it's very unfortunate. 2am
1: on the couch with a bag of chips and like a second-rate movie. That is my idea of a perfect nightlife.
2: I can't. I, since I got the dog, I can't do it. I just have to wake up at... at uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning to give him his medicine and then take him for a walk at about 6.30. <laughs> which means I can't stay up late anymore. I just don't, I just don't your, have the stamina. Your dog is just your excuse now. He certainly is. <laughs> Sometimes I order a cheeky Uber He's Eats. He's not even sick. He doesn't need the medicine. It's just <laughs> sugar pills.
1: <laughs> well, no, anyway, we are a couple of raging night owls, us two. That's why we do Good Movie Monday in the morning. You are. You stay up.
2: I don't understand. I don't know how you do it. You're like me in high school.
1: Well, that's the thing. We're both Raging Night Owls, you facetiously, and me actually. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to the show. This is Good Movie Monday. We are the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name's Glenn Cochran, and this is the part where I would love some kind of depreciating insult at Ben. Yes. But not anymore. I'm past that. How's it going, dickhead? (laughs)
2: I'm doing well, can <laughs>
1: Excellent, excellent. That's the insult that makes me feel warm
2: Echebra. <laughs> if you're you fucking can't, you fucking dog can't. Sorry, I've, I watched uh, <laughs> Mister in Between <laughs> recently, and uh,
1: I was about to welcome the new listeners to the show, but they're no longer here. No, no. Why would they be?
2: <laughs> Are you kidding? If this if this was a show of of like a couple of like really kind of bogany guys talking about movies. Mm. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, we need to get that uh, dude that does fat pizza on the show. Yeah.
2: Hey, we've got it in with
1: Jabba. We can get Jabba on the show. We can Get Jabba on the show. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can get that chick from, from fucking Halzo's. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, yeah. The, the or the middle class, upper middle class bogan. That Either way.
1: one or the other. The chick that's ugly on television and quite hot yeah. in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that one. She's probably a Shazza or something like that. Yeah, I
2: think it is a Shazza. Oh, is it? No, see,
1: not I hard to it get. <laughs> it's not hard to get it right. Anyway, if you are a new listener, welcome. Uh, you can uh find well, if out your
2: jabber. Apologies.
3: <laughs> Why?
2: Why? It's yeah. an
1: invite like he can come on the show. I mean,
2: look, he thinks of me as that of the, as the monster guy, which <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, Unless he's right. talking about Jarrett, which is then uh, <laughs> <No>. very depressing. <laughs>
1: that's what, you're memorable, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find everything we do at goodmoviemonday.com. That's a hub of uh hub of everything. It's our videos, it's our podcasts. it's the interviews, it's all of that. We also have a Spotify playlist, so the music that we play on the show is there. Nearly everything we've ever played. It's like up to fifteen hours worth of music, mate.
2: That's a lot of music. <laughs>
1: that's a lot of music. I haven't listened. Who's to it got that from kind start- of time? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Sometimes I put it on to drive with. But then I realised Ben chose some of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then I realised we did put some oh, really I'm sure, I'm sure, far like, out stuff on there. There'd be
2: all this stuff that you know and then a song that would come at you like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Ben must have chosen it.
1: But also, like so, the way that it's on Spotify, you might have something, you know, let's just say, by Nine Inch Nails, it's pressed up against Marconi or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very jarring
2: On the rare occasion where you ask me to contribute a song, I always like to play the game... Will Glenn ask me if this is from a movie? (laughs) Because sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it's just a song I like. Like, sure, it's played in a movie, I'm sure. It's relevant. Time
1: to start fact-checking Benjamin,
2: that's for sure.
1: Oh, dearie, I just, uh, I trust you, mate. I trust you. That's a mistake. (laughs) I wouldn't do it. Oh my goodness! We um most weeks on this show we have a special guest, and this week we have the director Andre Ovredal, is um the director of the new Dracula: Voyage of the Demeter, um a movie that Stephen King described as throat ripping good time. There we go. Yes.
2: So keep that's a king. That's a king size comment. That's that is king size comment, so. Isn't Andre the uh, he directed uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe? Yep,
1: and uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and Troll Hunter. This Troll is Troll um, Hunter was the big one. I love it there. when they get to a point where they've made enough horrors that you can kind of call them maestros, or you can call them a master of horror. Yeah. like I think this guy qualifies. I love
2: Troll Hunter. I love that it was like polygon, <laughs> polygon graphics for the trolls, yeah. and it was just like. And they played it so completely straight. Yeah. Like this is fucking great.
1: <laughs> it's very um, yeah. It's a very clever film, and it's um, it's just, it's subversive almost. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So we're gonna chat with him a little bit later. Well, I am anyway. That's one that you didn't have the fortune of uh, sitting in on, unfortunately. Ben. I was not invited to that interview. So do keep listening. Also coming up shortly, Jarrett Gunn is gonna discuss physical media and all the news that comes with it. And America's favorite boneheads are, are here to spit lyrical about um their weekly fun size stuff. It a wax lyrical. Spit lyrical and wax lyrical are the same. Are they? I think
2: so. I've never heard spit lyrical. I've never I heard Im- spit lyrical. I invented that. Okay. <laughs> You've introduced no, d-
1: it. I definitely know wax lyrical, but I reckon I've heard <laughs> spit lyrical as well.
2: You've introduced it to the zeitgeist now. Yeah. We'll so. see if it, uh, if it comes back to us. <laughs> I've, I've always found when that. I remember in high school, I, I thought, I'm going to start saying things as svelte. And then a couple of years later, it came back. Ooh, did, I it like, did, really? did I invent that or did I just pick up on something that was already in the zeitgeist? And it hmm. it was very, uh, I always tried to do that experiment, but my memory was so, so shit that it's potentially that I just heard someone else do it and I was just perpetuating it for them, but for whoever did.
1: Don't you reckon spit lyrical sounds pretty good? Sounds pretty cool? Pretty hip?
2: <laughs> I think it's like a, yeah, <laughs> <It> just <laughs> sounds like a, like a great way to raw dog someone. so i've been Mm. watching Mm. have you seen that show shrinking it's on apple yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so good but harrison ford throughout the show keeps talking about being raw dogged and no one (laughs) to like tell him what raw dogging (laughs) actually is hysterical uh
1: what's news with you this week
2: uh you know not much i've just uh i mean we did go and see um voyager the demeter Demeter Demeter. 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 We did. Um, and it's got that guy in it uh, who's, who's seemingly who I would never heard of before. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just in fucking everything. Like he's in um uh late night with the devil and
1: But he's always a monster. Like
2: Is that who you're talking about? I'm talking about the guy who's the first mate. You're talking about
1: David, um the guy that plays the spot in Suicide Squad. Is
2: that is The, the it, Dot yeah. Man, whatever his yeah. name
1: is. Yes. Yes. He's fantastic. David.
2: You be, uh, like, I'll ban, no, David. Dadian? D- 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 yeah, something. It's, it ends up with an I A N. I have
1: no idea how to pronounce it. I'm not even going um, to attempt it. He's but, fantastic uh, in everything.
2: He's great in everything. But I, I literally, until I went to a Carson Crew screening of Late Night with the Devil. Yeah. And they mentioned him in the opening of the speeches and he had like a video message and mm. stuff. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and then from that moment on, I have like, it's like every second movie I watch. He's in. He
1: hasn't even been around for long, but he feels like one of those actors that's been on the scene in, for
2: ages. He's in bloody um, uh, Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but I was looking up his first movie. I wish I could recall what it is at this point, but it's very f- recent. Like something like Zodiac or something like that. Like he doesn't yeah, right. go back much further than that. And I was like, wow. You just have that face that and, and Maybe it's because Barry Pepper's been around before him, and they kind of look the same. They have yeah. a similar kind of thing.
2: But no, because he's, he's he's one of those guys who, like, uh, you know, when you watch movies in the '80s or TV shows in the '80s, and people were thirty-five, and you in your head they they look like they were fifty. Yep. Like, or they like they just had that gravitas. He's like one of those guys. He doesn't look like he's a twelve-year-old pretty boy. He looks like he's a like a regular, real person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, like when you go back and you watch Seinfeld, and you go, George is thirty-five. Not
1: oh, far out. Don't start me on actors <laughs> and how old they were at the time. Yeah. That really makes me feel old. But um, here's a secret for you. We almost had him on the show.
2: Wow, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, well, it was with the the interview that we're playing today. Um, he was lined up for that as well, as well as the uh, the Irish girl that's in the film, the one from Nightingale, um, supposed to be interviewing oh, both of them. From? But the uh, the actor strike came up, and we couldn't get him. Couldn't get him. Yep. So we got the director,
2: but it was originally going to be the three of them. You know, it's interesting. I heard. No, maybe I won't say that. I won't say what I heard about the actor strike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> keep that. I'll keep that for off the air. All right. Well just in ca- I can't remember if it was told to me in confidence or not.
1: Okay, well, I'm really, really keen to hear what that is. So we'll just throw it to a segment right now. There is nothing that I can say that you have not already heard. And so I'm not going to give you the usual spiel about Newsly and how great it is. And that if you go to newsly.me and download it, you can get a whole month of free premium subscription by using our exclusive code Monday without the O-M-N. D You've heard it all before, so I'm not going to tell you that. Let's just forget about Newsly and move on with the show. Here for another week to shit all over those
3: filthy DVDs. It's Jarrett Kahn. How are you, mate? Very good. Very good, gentlemen. And I can't even shit on the filthy DVD format this week because, as far as I can tell, there's actually no new releases coming out this week on physical media, not even on that filthy format we, we refer to as DVD. <laughs> uh it's a bit of an odd week but i didn't want to leave you high and dry so i do actually have some news and some upcoming releases a bit of an exclusive on one of them although by the time you're listening to this uh it probably that exclusive has already been broken on the Monsterfest.com.au site (laughs) (laughs) and that is that uh australia is going to get a release of the exorcist on 4k ultra hd so we obviously know that it's getting released in the uk and we know it's getting released in the us the us release of course sands the blu-ray which means all the digital all the special feature content is actually available digitally um, which is a total backwards step but thankfully we're following the uk's lead so they're bundling the blu-ray with the 4k ultra hd so that means you get all those legacy documentaries including that 1998 documentary the fear of god it's you know it's an overwhelming amount of material that is on this release but there's nothing new aside from the fact that you have got 4k restorations of both the original theatrical version from 1973 and the 2000 Director's Cup. But get this, boys. It's got Dolby Atmos.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: I am so excited to watch The Exorcist with Dolby Atmos. It also does have, for purists, the original mono track on there as well. But give me uh, Dolby At- <laughs> Atmos every day, every day.
1: I'm impressed that you're breaking your own news
3: with that one well well look yeah yeah i know (laughs) it's a scoop it's a scoop 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 if you're gonna be beaten
1: to the punch may as well be by yourself (laughs) and precisely precisely
3: (laughs) so yeah that one i'm really excited about that's gonna land locally on october 4th it's from the warner catalog and obviously it's being handled locally by roadshow so that's the most exciting new release and it's a catalog release but the other release i want to mention which uh, ties in rather well with this week's episode. And that is the release of Dracula, Voyage of the Demeter, which is coming out October 11th on Blu-ray and DVD from Studio Canal. So if you don't have an opportunity to check it out in cinemas, you can check it out on Home Entertainment. So, yeah, that one's happening. Then two other releases. I know you're going to be excited about this one, Glenn. The new Wes Anderson, Asteroid City. (laughs) It's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD, and it's coming out November 15th. So, you know... You don't have to spend an excruciating amount of time in some sort of art house cinema catching up. Although I think this one's got a wide release because I keep seeing advertisements all over TV. Do you know what the
1: best thing about being in a full cinema with Wes Anderson fans is?
3: What's that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one cinema I don't want to be caught in. You know, one of those slow lines out of there as everyone goes, God, that was amazing. Oh, how funny was it? Oh, he's so quirky. Oh, oh, I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> I, um, so, I yeah, forgot,
1: I forgot for a moment that this segment is recorded for the podcast. So for people listening, I did a circle jerk motion there. Yeah.
3: Um, um, but Brilliant. at the screen I was
1: at... But, was but the, the beautiful thing about
3: it was you composed it so well that it were like it was from a Wes Anderson film.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the screening I was at, there was one lady in the audience that laughed at every syllable that came out of anybody's mouth. But it was one of those laughs that's like... <laughs>
3: it's like, she just wants to be heard. Like, there's nothing funny happening. Are you sure Universal didn't use her as a plant just to try and encourage the rest of the audience to have a giggle? Uh, Maybe she was just unaware (laughs) of the circle jerk.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My my question is, Glenn, before the film started, was there a a quartet of people playing the recorder, like, practising for, like, a recorder recital?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Practising for the circle blow.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: I don't know where it's
3: going. So anyway, Asteroid City, that's coming out on home entertainment. So if you don't see it in cinemas, you won't have to wait long before Mm. it's a physical release. And it's good that it's getting a Blu-ray and a DVD at least. Yeah. Uh, And then the final release I want to mention that's coming out on November 15th is a film that both of you guys really seem to enjoy and that is Gran Turismo, the movie, <sighs> on Blu-ray and DVD. At this stage, I haven't said anything about a 4K, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if a 4K does pop up down the track.
1: It, it's the kind of film that lends
3: itself to 4K, that's for sure.
2: If all the people totally. watching it are going to have a PlayStation 5, <laughs> why wouldn't you juice it up on the 4K?
3: Yeah, well, that, exactly. It makes perfect sense. It's a Sony production. It ties in with the PlayStation. Yeah, go well, with figure. It, with but... the game,
2: with the new version of the game. Mm. It will movie. that
3: just be a hd remastered version of the one that was on the ps1 because if so <laughs> i'm in <laughs> and the only other bit of news i've got for you gentlemen is obviously we well and truly know that disney have left the physical market locally and next week we would be seeing the release of uh nightmare before christmas it's being released in the us and the uk i think around august 21st mm-hmm. and 22nd respectively uh, and of course, we're not going to get that release locally, but Disney are being so kind as to release it in cinemas on October 12th. So there you go. It's like we are going back in time and maybe we're that test market for the rest yeah. of the world where they go, okay, well, what we do is we put it back in the vault, force <laughs> them to cinemas to see it, and then we'll put it back on Disney+. Plus. But yeah, so there you go. That's they're also
1: They're also doing Hocus Pocus.
3: Theatrically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. both of the films are like thirtieth anniversaries of both yeah, films, I think. Good January Halloween 3. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well funnily enough, I did see, you know, obviously Haunted Mansion's about to open in Australian cinemas. Mm. The films reviewed really well in the States, but it hasn't done box office. And I did enjoy a tweet from Mick Garris that basically said Disney learned nothing. Thirty years after the release of Hocus Pocus, they released another Halloween movie in july and it's true like disney would clean up if they opened this in october because it would be the only family friendly halloween movie for families to go out and see and it just it baffles you it baffles me are they afraid of making money they're yeah. obviously afraid of releasing stuff on physical media in Australia. Or are they just like. They're so not afraid keen... <laughs> of, of, of distributing Victor Silva's uh, powder in him. That's still on Disney Plus. They, They're not afraid of that. Are they just keen to just rush stuff to market? Like they just want to get it out. Like what's. Yeah. And well, that's the weird thing, too, because Sony have been very smart about their release strategy. Hmm. They've started to push releases because they know there's going to be a void of material next year. So they've moved like hmm. that Spider Man spin off. What is it? Like Kraken or Kraven the Hunter? Hmm. That's moved from, like, October to, like, July or August next year. Ghostbusters obviously moved a couple months. So they're reorganising their release schedule because they know there's going to be, you know, a lull. Yeah. Whereas Disney, I don't know. They're just, I can't comprehend it. But I was curious to see they're actually going to do a theatrical release for Theatre Camp, which I was surprised by. I kind of thought that's the movie that they do at, like, the festivals. Maybe they do an odd screening here with an interview with the director via Zoom or Skype. But I didn't actually anticipate. I that think they that would film's going to perform
1: quite well. I reckon, and if if it doesn't, I think it's going to build a cult following. It sort of reeks of
3: Drop Dead Gorgeous to me. Yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous meets like Waiting for Guffman or something yeah. like that. I'm really yeah. excited to check it out at Miff. But anyway, gentlemen, that's all the news for this week, and it was all news. No, <laughs> no <laughs> releases. Back it up just for a moment because you mentioned The Exorcist. Should we
1: just um, talk about the fact that William Freakin died last week? Um, yes. And on the 50th anniversary, like.
2: I know how timely it's my, yeah, it's. my question about this this is, it has been a miraculous death. Usually, my social media is flooded with people calling out people on their death. When mm. someone dies, like Sean Connery died, all that people were talking about were the, uh, oh, like a bit of a slap, like stuff. Like that was it. You know, and this person is William Freakin, notorious cunt. <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, but I think because he never he never went into hiding or anything. He was always out there and he stayed that kind of character right to the bitter end. So it almost feels like everyone's super aware and he's almost beloved for being Yeah, being well that, 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 that because, that because he stuck video of him
1: with Nicholas Rindin, uh whatever his well, name is one yeah. Yeah, video has resurfaced of him being calling him out, you know. Yeah that's yeah. the most glorious thing ever. Like when he says that what's but the he you- did it's a masterpiece and Freakins' like someone called a medic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes,
3: yes. Yeah. Uh, I, lo- I love it. But the one silver lining of, of his unfortunate passing is that we may see some more physical releases of films that he directed because he was basically the sticking point when it came to releasing stuff. He had to oversee transfers. Mm. Sometimes he liked to retcon things like that French connection and then denied it and tried to blame the director of photography for it for the release. So these things have happened, and even Bug, which I know is getting a local release through Imprint, but mm. was going to get a 4K release through King of Lorber in the States. And that got the kibosh. And I think it was because Freakin needed to supervise what was being put out. But now the floodgates will open much much like they did with Stanley Kubrick, and we're going to get to see a lot of these catalogue titles make you know, I their might way. Be, I
1: might be the only go one, but I, I would love to see The Hunter come out on 4K.
3: It, the Hunter? is it, That's not the one with Steve McQueen, is it? No, the, the, no that wasn't his. The El
1: Toro one and, and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, like a, yeah, oh, a, oh a Hunted. Hunted. Hunted, Hunted is a, yeah, Hunted, Hunted yes. Hunted.
3: Hunted. The I've never loop. seen I've yeah, never seen it. I still great. have not seen that one. I saw, the, I saw it and I go, this looks a lot like, I don't know, The Edge meets... It's Rambo. Uh, that it's other Rambo. One. Bad it it's bad right. company. It's first
1: blood. It's exactly first blood, but it's made well. It's good. I love it.
3: I'm just going is, to give yeah. it a couple more years and I'll, I'll get to it, much like I did with the, the original incarnation of the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm letting them all age like fine wine, gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the one silver lining, I guess, of, of freaking unfortunate passing is that, well, yeah, we might man. see he some was his catalog.
1: It's like, well, 90 something, so.
3: He, yeah 80s or 90s yeah he, yeah, he yeah. was no spring chicken and and he was he was still voicing you know his opinions on things right till the bitter end he's got so, a movie that him.
1: he just made that's coming out posthumously
2: oh really i didn't realize yeah, I that sent,
1: i think i sent you a link to it ben didn't i
2: uh yes you did yeah i can't remember what it's called <laughs> okay <laughs> you know. Know I... <laughs> but he also he was on marin not, he was on you know the wtf podcast not he two- was three, yeah was it a book was he doing a book or was he i can't
3: recall now but yeah it was it was only like two months ago maybe it was fairly well maybe even less because he does bi-weekly episodes Marin. so it's probably like three weeks ago i guess when you get to your late
1: 80s early 90s you can just drop off like it's you can be healthy as a as an
2: ox and just it doesn't take much yeah age takes you
3: I will say, though, we did have one person speak out against his films on the Monsterfest social media. We did, like, a share, obviously, you know, commiserating his passing, and the fact that, um, you know, know, everyone got on board and gave it some love and shared it. Except one chap who came in and called Cruising a stain on American cinema. And he said basically because, you know, he was a homosexual man in his 20s when the film came out and it had an adverse effect of, you know, people... uh, turning violent toward homosexuals and, and things well, of that nature. I know that the film did incite a lot of protest for its depiction of the community in that, at the time, the queer community. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of like... And then he also, I think, went on to say, and The Exorcist is only good because it was saved by the editor. So I think he's just a hater. But anyway, there yeah, was one voice I mean, of disdain out there.
1: How else were we supposed to know that... But that like, fisting that's it. I, I want
3: someone to re-release Cruising on Blu-ray, actually release it locally on Blu-ray, and they can put that quote on the cover you know a stain on american cinema i mean well, that that's going to sell like, it's a great <laughs> <word>. <laughs> like, you, absolutely
2: you read, you read um easy rider's raging bulls and he talks about how he forced his his uh he was uh, dating that a dancer whose name i can't remember but she was like a a super famous dancer and he forced her to get multiple abortions and all yes, sorts of stuff like yeah. it was physically like violent abusive
4: all yeah, this sort of yeah. stuff and it's just yeah.
2: Yeah, and then for the last for the last part of his life, he's been he was married to the head of uh one of the studios. I okay, right. He was married to them. So that's they used to fly around all over the place with it. Do you remember they came out together when they did that big sorcerer retrospective in Melbourne? Yeah, for, for back me. now twenty years ago now, or whatever mm, yeah, it was. That, yeah. It? yeah. Um wow. but yeah, like he was a total monster. And I'm just shocked that that it's all praise, really, except for obviously this this one um, guy. This one individual. About, he's not him. About, he's just so talking about, about his films. He's got yeah. a legitimate gripe about the yeah. film, not about the yeah. filmmaker, which is usually the the you know the can't separate the art from the artist crowd. Uh. Yeah, I guess yeah, all that absolutely. information is
1: just far less known in general. Generally speaking, yeah. you know, less documented or well, it's documented, but less people have read it. Yeah.
3: I guess but it's... in a similar way I didn't see funnily enough that much backlash against Peter Bogdanovich when he passed and given that he was a you know pretty prickly character when it came to his particular relationships and treatment of uh, of, of women yeah. um yeah so it is interesting poor old uh, William Hurt got all the fucking Huh. uh i mean look if those things were true that happened understandably but i also think that you know when someone passes it's probably not the best time it's not to, the time to
2: do it to which which do
3: it while they're alive get the shit yeah. out there and say your piece but don't don't you know don't use this as an opportunity to, to or even say do, it, do
2: it when they're dead but just not on the week of their death.
3: yeah absolutely not on not yeah absolutely just just which
2: give, it, what I've give just it a given. little <laughs> you yeah, I'm <laughs> the last It's been actually. a week, Ben. It's all right. It's been a Because I'm, a week. A week all I'm of shocked us, that no one else all
1: has. All three of us yeah. love freaking cinema, so you know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's anyway, gentlemen,
3: point. that's it for me. So until next week,
2: stay physical. Hey, Glenn, yes, are man. you ready for uh,
1: video store recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> am. I forgot about that.
2: You forgot about video <laughs> store recommendations?
1: <laughs> yes. Video store recommendations!
2: Every time I say it, I uh, have to do the voice.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could just do it once and I could use the sound you bite because it sounded yeah. the same. Very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be good in concert. <laughs>
2: you play yeah. it the way it's supposed to be. I, I sing it the way I record it. <laughs> yeah. i not giving you some new version that you don't particular. <laughs> it's not quite as good.
1: Wouldn't mind another inflection once in a while, though.
2: No, <laughs> I'm not capable of any... <laughs> At that pitch? Or any pitch. Mm. Uh but this time I've just I've done it in the old uh uh lucky dip way where I've put a bunch of things yep random things into a thing that we then pick out and then the other person has to come up with a couple of recommendations as if a customer had come in saying, "I like this. What do you recommend?"
1: All right, cool. I do like this concept, and I, I love the container you bought those in. It's like a it's a food Tupperware style of container.
2: It's a, a Siesta Ultra. <laughs> well, from Coles. The
1: food that's missing out on that <laughs> right now. That's right. Uh, probably that, that's still how has, much you
2: love this show. I, it was it was contained food before I used it. <laughs> so uh, I'll start things off okay. because uh, I'm the only one who can read my own handwriting. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Charlize Theron. What movies can you recommend?
1: Oh no, Charlize Theron. Well, that's interesting. If you like Charlize Theron, I would say, much to Ben's disdain, go for Fury Road. I think that's a fuck off. That's a really good film. Um, but I would go back further than that. Just trying to think of who has short hair
2: right now. Um, I mean, you could go back to the early days and things like uh, Two Days in the Valley.
1: You could, but was she in um, *Wisdom of
2: Crocodiles*? Was that That's her? True lore. It was. I don't know who else was in it. I
1: thought she was in that, but I'm not. I'm, I must admit, I'm not very well versed on Charlize Theron.
2: Uh, She's but got a bit part in *That Thing You Do*, which is great.
1: Yeah, she does, but I don't particularly like that movie, so I and wouldn't she, recommend it. Oh, you
2: don't like *That Thing You Do*.
1: I, I don't dislike it, but I don't like it either. Like yeah, it's right. just i it's, it's
2: I'm finding the chinks in the Cochrane armor here. <laughs>
1: Come on, there's plenty of those.
2: But she came in. I was listening to Tom Hanks talk about it on a couple of podcasts and said she came in to audition for the Liv Tyler part, right? Because, but she was just way too good looking. <laughs> you're like you just, <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Like we can't have her as Faye.
1: Far out. I'm trying to think of like the femme fatale types that she's played, and I can't for the love of me think of what. Well, they, Two Days uh, in the Valley is a big one of that. Yeah, no. More recently, like cause around the time, uh, well, we atomic, had Atomic Atomic Blonde, Blonde. That was a good one for sure.
2: Um and uh, ultra is she in ultraviolet? No, that's Mila Jovovic.
1: yeah, I mean there's a whole bunch of like you had sold for like a whole bunch of these movies came out Snow around White, the same time Snow White Snow Whites. No no no. See she's not an actress I think that highly of, but she's good in the um
2: <laughs> you may as well just I might as well just yeah. answer this. She's good in the um uh what's the family guy movies. She's in all his stuff.
1: Oh Seth MacFarlane Seth in like Macfarlane um, in the w- eight Million
2: di- Ways to Die in the West, West yeah. and all that. Yeah.
1: And she was she in Ted? No, yeah, no, I don't
2: think so. No, she's in uh, the one that Jarrett loves, um, the one with Patton Oswalt, oh. where she's like the rich girl who ends up with... Mm, she gets dumped or whatever it is. She goes back to her hometown.
1: Fuck, I'm hopeless at What's this particular one. one. You. Pl- I mean, I would just tell that person in the video store to get something else, like... There are plenty of well, you recommend,
2: I suppose you could recommend another actress. Like if you well, like Shelley's... i would go
1: Kate Beckinsale and I would go like, you know, right back to shooting fish and stuff like that. And well, yeah. Yeah.
2: Can, I mean, you could... Okay, that's the your skill as a as a video store clerk is to go, well, if you like Shelley's Theron, you'll love Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> that's true. He's in a pod. <laughs> no, check out, d- Check out shooting fish.
1: I enjoyed this segment until I had to answer that. <laughs> All right. But what I want to know is if I came into the video store, and I'm a stranger, by the way, and... You get the good ones, mate. This person wants to know about Rodney Dangerfield films.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, wow. exactly. <laughs>
1: Fucking hell, son of a. Well, bitch. Well, that's
2: easy. You, first, you got to take. You got to go for the Caddyshack. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Then maybe Easy Money, <laughs> just to uh, round it out. Yep. Then, uh, oh, what's it? Um, Trying to think of the, is it Millie, Willie, Millie? Is that the one he's in, or is it just the Ladybugs? Ladybugs, the Ladybugs. Got to get the Ladybugs (laughs) for a bit of family entertainment.
1: Jonathan Brandis,
2: and Jonathan Brandis is in it. Uh, it Dangerfield, the dog. Oh, Rover Dangerfield. Rover Dangerfield, the animated film. Yeah. Uh, And you could also throw in uh, like My Five Wives, or one of the one of the later ones. But um, I mean, really, like those early ones, you've kind of. Oh, back, to, back school. to school! I was about to say, back to school <laughs> is a big one. That's a great one. Yeah.
1: Would you recommend *Natural Born Killers*?
2: <coughs> I would, but I think you need to watch those ones first. You need and to then know what he's about. You need to appreciate Rodney, and then and then watch that to see tr- how truly subversive he is, and and how risky that role was because he was one of those guys that was obsessed with people liking him. Like mm. he was constantly thought no one thought he was funny. No respect, and uh, he's got no respect, and. Uh, He's playing such a kind of unlikable mm. Al Bundy type character. in uh,
1: And I would tell film. them to do a bit of a deep dive on YouTube of his old stand-up stuff. Stand-up, yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. I'll throw one more at me here or another one. Another one. All right. And make it a good one.
2: <laughs> oh, no. No. The, the shit one. I like uh, I like Paul Newman movies. Okay. Uh, what what would you recommend? I've well, seen Cool Hand Luke and that's okay. it.
1: Cool Hand Luke. Well, there's so much more to Paul Newman than Cool Hand Luke. Um, oh, and I've seen Butcher Cassidy in the Sunday. I don't really. Okay, so watch you're watch. you're familiar with some of his you know yeah. earlier work and, and that. So why not? Well, The Sting as well. That's a good one. Oh yeah, The Sting. Yeah, I, I like the, you're the at a get the Sting too. It's, you know, it's not so bad. Is he in The Sting? No, too? he's not. <laughs> but I'll just say like yeah, get it too. I like a good second race sequel. And like, I would I should have said it with Rodney Dangerfield, yeah. like Caddyshack 2 as well, because, you know... Hey, Rodney's not in that one. No, but
2: yeah, Jackie
1: no, Mason no. is. Jackie Mason is. <laughs> Jackie Mason is to Rodney Dangerfield as what Jackie Gleason is to Paul Newman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although I don't think Jackie Gleason could pull off the... Uh, hey, Wang, I hear this place <laughs> is restricted, so don't tell him you're Jewish.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, nobody's Fool. What Neiman. a great film. Um, that's a great one. I think... Um, very underrated. That got a uh, imprint release, I think, recently. Or well, last year or the year before. Yeah, it's quite possible, yeah. Um, but oh, far out. Is it The Verdict? Was he in The Verdict?
2: He is The Verdict. Fuck, that's yeah, a good film. that's a really good one. I love a good legal. And the... Uh, not The Accused. What's the other one that's like that? The Absence of Malice.
1: <laughs> yes, that's the one I was trying to think when I was thinking up The Verdict. Yeah. And I, l- I just dropped it because I couldn't remember the name. That's... Because isn't he a union worker in that one or something?
2: He... No, he's a...
1: He's wanted for murder. He's like
2: isn't he? a no. In absence of malice, no. He's he he's got a, like a cousin. He's like related to a mob family, but he is not in any way
1: yep.
2: related to the mob at all. Okay. And um, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, um, I could have sworn there was like a who's a, the who's the movie executive from Seinfeld? Not Bob Bellaban. Bob Bellaban yeah. is like a DA who wants to squeeze him. <laughs> Mm. To, to rat on his kind of, uh, yeah, maybe union slash mob yeah, yeah, yeah. family I, I or cousins or I friends th- or whatever. And then to do that, they bring up, they find out that he's helping this, like he's got this kind of ex-girlfriend who's pretty, mm. uh, and Sally Field is like a journalist investigating yeah. the, the thing. I and will
1: take your word for it, but I just recall <laughs> there being like suspicion of murder in there as well.
2: Well, she she the one that the the girl that he's kind of friends with they she ends up killing herself okay because she can't handle the pressure they reveal her mm. they reveal some kind of personal stuff about her and she yep. ends up killing herself Yep. and they you they all of this stuff it's all Bob Bob Balaban knows all of its crap yeah but he's just using whatever he can to squeeze him and then um uh, my favorite uh, <laughs> diabetes man <laughs> Wilfred. Wilfred Brimley comes in yeah. and uh, pulls him up on it it's a it's a great movie the verdict is like the verdict is one that you kind of should watch with um, there's another m- movie called the young Philadelphians mm. where he's kind of like young and he's like a young kind of lawyer kind of thing and he gets involved with this family who are all you know upper class and mm. you know m- holier than now but they're actually all super corrupt gotcha and they like kind of fuck him over and he decides he basically he's going to marry into the family and then mm-hmm. he decides it, he can't do it. Mm. He can't kind of do it. But then and then you watch verdict where he's like this broken down lawyer he's kind <laughs> of yep. you know been beaten down by the system so bad that he can't well, handler anymore but that's great and then and you forgot the two oh i've got one more that okay. i'm gonna throw in for free but go on what, what were you i was gonna, gonna say? say the drowning pool and yep. harper well, okay Harper's yeah, the first yeah. One drowning well
1: pool. i was gonna throw in a uh, road to Perdition for free yeah because he's amazing in that i take that in my five definitely yeah, he's yeah. Great. No, this is number six i'm throwing him for is free. This six yeah right yeah, it's a freebie mate. it's a freebie <laughs> yeah oh fucking hell i've just pulled one out you get the good shit mate like bruce willis all right so, Ooh. I don't want a Bruce Willis one because I've seen them all. <coughs> so, Alright. what's the next best
2: thing? The next best thing to, to Bruce? Well, if you like Bruce... What would you, have you seen uh, Mother, Motherless? Is that no, is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, Mother Motherless Brooklyn? What's the one where he's the private detective in Brooklyn? It's Is that Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis is in it. Cause I, I've seen everything Bruce Willis. He's only like. in it for a bit. Yeah, He's only it. in it for like five minutes, I've and then it. it's a, it's an <laughs> Edward Norton movie, basically. And it, it, Edward Norton's doing his shtick. Mm. It's like relatively recent. Yeah, no, I don't
1: uh, know. I probably do not, but I'm, it's not coming to me. I think it's, a, it's like something,
2: something it, it's set in New York, it's black and white. The movie I do know white, the one, it's, like it's very recent,
1: one. like last three or four years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Bruce Willis, is, <laughs> Bruce Willis is in it, which is a, like a surprise. And you think, oh, it's mm. a Bruce Willis movie, but he's the. I think he gets killed at the beginning, and it's actually the, the, the thing of the plot, the yeah. the um, the MacGuffin that yeah. kind of leads you into the but film. I, I kind
1: of want a poor man's Bruce Willis. <laughs> poor, poor man's Bruce Willis.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who that is. Uh, was
1: it? Was it the um. What's that? Is it Antonio Sabato Junior or something like that? What's that guy's name? Jesus
2: is that God, his name? No. He doesn't have the personality. Is that his like name? maybe I get it right? Antonio Sabato Junior? Yeah. Is like from the big hit and yeah. I'd say like Mark Wahlberg, maybe a poor man's Bruce Willis, like a modern Bruce Willis. Okay, because I'm could th- go down that
1: in my mind. Yeah. A poor man's Bruce Willis is like a, a director video Bruce Willis, like a
2: yeah right. Uh
1: I'm just I'm just laying on the complexity as you're trying to get through this. Just yeah, I mean,
2: like a Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah. Kind of would fit into that mold. Yeah. I think he's not really director video, but he was for a little bit. Yep, he kind am- of bounced back, and now he's like a superstar. Can
1: you imagine Bruce Willis as the transporter.
2: Uh, he's got the bits that bit. You got to have that twinkle, that kind of sense of humor, that outraged
1: and bald. <laughs> yeah,
2: that helps. <laughs> but uh, it certainly it adds to the personality for sure. I mean I think if you'd like if you like Bruce Willis movies then you and if you don't mind foreign language films mm. I'd say hit watch the first taxi movie the Luc Besson taxi movie
1: Oh yes cuz I love Jimmy Fallon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no the <laughs> French one.
1: Oh, does that have Queen Latifah too <laughs>
2: <laughs> She makes a cameo on the TV <laughs>
1: No that that's um, I love Taxi the original
2: um Marilyn Marion Mar- 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 Couture,
1: Couture, is
2: is in it, a very young
1: voila, we coutard.
2: I mm. I'm trying to think of like, you really you actually have confounded me with a who is a who is a director video Bruce Willis. Yeah. And um, there, I- there will be one.
1: Oh, it's the kind of conversation that we would just have over dinner and it'll be a yeah. fluent conversation. Like,
2: <laughs> I know, I know, like a guy that I'm thinking of mm. that would be perfect for it, but I just don't know his name. Oh. And he, The Vinegar Syndrome have just brought out two of his movies. Oh. Uh, and I just, for the life of me, can't think of it. And he just made kind of actually, you know who you know exactly Matt it. McCoy. <laughs> the films of Matt McCoy. <laughs> he is a director video Bruce Willis. <laughs> <Matt> so <laughs> McCoy. he was in one Hard one. Bounty, directed by Jim Wynorski. You got to check that one out. You got to watch Police Academy. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Five.
1: Yeah, it's the Miami, Miami Beach. Yeah. That's
2: where the one where he kind of takes over, and I don't know if he still keeps going after that one. Or if no, he one doesn't. Done. The
1: um, Charlie Slatter comes in after comes in. that. Yeah, Charlie Slatter's
2: another one. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch All American Murder with Christopher Walken. The, Walker the other him. Ferris Bueller. The other Ferris Bueller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or Corey Nemec is also the other Ferris Bueller. Oh, he's, he's Parker, Lewis. Parker Lewis.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Which he wrote a movie recently. Um, which I was going to raise was it on this show or was it on something else with you anyway it will come to me, but he's in my he's like guys at the moment
2: yeah right yeah he's popped up in theres it because you've been watching a lot of diagnosis murder on <laughs> channel uh, <laughs> no. channel seven during the day because you no. work from home now uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch anything uh but I was gonna say the other one to check out is Deep Star Six. Deep Star Six. I yes. think he's in that one. You always get that that and Leviathan mixed up, but I'm pretty sure he's in Deep Star Six, which is great. Uh, and he's great in Silicon Valley as the lawyer, kind of in the later on. And he's great as Lloyd Braun in Seinfeld. But he Excellent. he is my pick for, uh, for uh, director video Bruce Willis.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh Corey Nemec, he wrote Dead Man's Hand. It's a western that's coming out on DVD next month. So Corey Nemec did, yeah, Yeah, right. It was work related. Sorry, I thought it was podcast related, but it's not. (laughs) He's great in the
2: stand. He's great in the stand. Absolutely.
1: He's been in like Stargate as well, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, which is like his. He's great in Stargate, but the best thing about it is that he's back to being Parker Lewis cool because it's like he was Parker Lewis and cool, and then he was in the stand. He was a nerd, and then he kind of. Basically, you seemingly only saw him in things as nerds. Yeah, that's right. Then you're like, look at this guy! Like he's not really a nerd. And then in Stargate, he's back to being like he's obviously hit the gym quite a bit. Yep. But he's kind of back to being like a kind of you still he's actually straddles the both because he is a nerd in the show, but he's also like a you know he was kind of I can't remember if he was replacement Tilk mm. for a while in, in Stargate. So he was like a the the heavy
1: yeah. of the group. Do you do you remember there was a local label here or? Uh, Distributor that did like a, a Monsterama series of horror films. I think yes, i do. One of them was Dragon Wasps, I think, and he was in that. And that I was, think that was uh, Vendetta. Yeah, it could have been one of those sort of labels, or Defiant, or, or something Jigsaw, like that. or something like yeah. one of those one of those New Zealand based ones. Yeah, but they they stuff, had yeah. pretty smick covers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. JB Hi-Fi loved them. Mm, they yep. bought them in bulk.
1: Yep. Anyway, there we go.
0: Change me, sister.
1: Some songs just automatically take you places and I can't listen to that one without being whisked away to Santa Carla. It's Cry Little Sister <laughs> from the Lost Boys soundtrack. Just trying to keep it a little bit vampire-themed Themed. for the show. Um, unless you've been wanting these themes to come back and I've kind of brought them back and you're just not embracing them, mate.
2: Well, there's just no way to make the game thing about <laughs> vampire yeah, movies.
1: That's right. Yeah, well. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. Hey, that now is your segment to do what you will with. You can oh. uh, you just run rampant, mate. Get ready. I'd be <laughs> yeah. I'll be loving it because
2: I'll prepare. I no, you won't. Te- I won't tell you what it is. You won't. I won't. won't. <laughs> By prepare, I mean in the, in the drive over here. I'll think about
1: it. Okay, cool. That, that, that works. That yeah. works. And, of course, I'm keeping it vampire theme because uh, Dracula, Voyage of the Demeter is in cinemas right now. And I recently had the fortune of chatting with the director, Andre Ovredal. I like this guy. As we said before, some of his movies, scary stories to tell in the dark. He did Mortal as well. That was one from a few Mm. years ago. And I really love The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Speaking of John Carpenter, that's a very John Carpenter-esque kind of film. Really, really cool. Really Mm. cool. Anyway, here it is, and uh, we'll catch you after the Boneheads. Hi, Andre. Uh, Congratulations on the film. I've been a massive fan of all yours, and um, it's exciting to been exciting since we heard that you're in charge of this one so congrats thank you i'm going to start with a compliment um because i know that the script has been floating around for a long time and they've been trying to get the movie off the ground but i can't think of a a better filmmaker for it to have landed on
4: oh well thank you that's amazing too there are (laughs) there are many fantastic filmmakers who would make a a great movie out of this so I'm, i'm lucky to be in a position to actually do it
1: Sure. It's, it's a really unique film, too, because on one hand you've got a quintessential Dracula story, but then on the other hand it's a totally unfamiliar and unexplored one in film terms. What was the key for you to unlocking this film and making it such a, an original story?
4: I mean, it's all from the script. I mean, it's such a beautiful, wonderful concept to take that particular chapter and make that into a self-contained movie. It's in a way very obvious, but you have to actually see it. You have to see the mm-hmm. obvious. In a way. And then somebody did. Braggis the writer did. He saw it. And he created this. He, he went deep into the novel and found and tried to describe these characters that are just kind of names and blueprints of actions described in the captain's log. And he made them into fleshed out human beings. And we got these wonderful actors to portray them. And um, I get to put my name on it.
1: <laughs> For sure. Um And was it? hard like when, when you're approaching this story and like you said you know he's gone into such detail was it hard to avoid hitting those dracula tropes um given how iconic the story is
4: yeah i mean we, we have to select how we handle the tropes because they're they're not just they're not just ideas from bram stoker by now in culture they're tropes yeah they've done them yeah. a million times so we have to constantly reinvent and just twist them enough so that it feels a bit refreshing and a bit new
1: I definitely think it feels refreshing Um, and I was was wondering when you're making the film did you have to did you look to any other films for influence or inspiration when making this Um, there's not a lot that I can compare it to
4: I appreciate that because I I try not to use references when I'm making a movie I know a lot of other filmmakers some amazing ones they seem to use references very uh, very a lot but Mm -hmm. I avoid it because I'm terrified of copying there is enough yeah. potential to copy others already because my head is just full of movies. So it's, all, it's always gonna come out something, whether I want it or not. So, uh, but what I'm influenced by is, um, you know, the, the awe and wonder of Guillermo del Toro, who I was, I've been lucky enough to work with, and also the, the humanity of Steven Spielberg's way of portraying characters in peril in any mm. in all kinds of situations and then the starkness and the darkness of david fincher uh with like a movie that i love seven uh, mm. kind of these kind of things just float around and then through my filter with my team and my collaborators become the movie uh,
1: Yeah, for sure and these are influences too that are just not that obvious when you watch it but when you mention it you can definitely sort of see that in your work as well which is fantastic um, it's probably an obvious answer but have you been a dracula fan like as a horror fan have you been into dracula for a long time
4: yeah i mean of course i've loved dracula as a character he's such a spectacular character you know, there are so many good movies and you have all com- movies on the opposite specters like you have nosferatu on one hand which is <laughs> black and white and uh, impressionistic and and silent and you know unique and, and scary, really scary. Mm. And then you have a lush, beautiful, gothic romance like, uh, like Dra- the Coppola version. Mm. You can try Dracula in so many ways. And he's oftentimes, most times, sophisticated and sometimes sexy. And sometimes uh, there is all kinds of aspects to him that we decided to just remove because mm-hmm. this is a hardcore horror movie. We want to scare the audience this time. We don't want to do what everyone else has done.
1: True, and, and that part of his journey anyway, there was no time for any of that other stuff. So <laughs> I think you've, you've certainly nailed the brief there. Um, clearly, a lot of the special effects were in camera, which you know horror fans like myself always appreciate. But I'm wondering, when you go down that road and do so much practical stuff in camera, um, does that lengthen the process of shooting?
4: Yes, it does. I mean, if, when you actually have... Because everything, every element... It's so difficult with special effects makeup. It's so many, it's so fiddly. It needs Ooh. to look right. You need the camera and the light and everything, and to not reveal. And then you anyway, you're going to have to augment in CG afterwards because the audience expectation has moved on from the days of full, you know, all natural. You you need to be able to augment, and that's um, that's also part of the process. But yes, it does uh, make things more cumbersome, for sure. But it's worth it because you get presence, you get textures and reality and the light is hitting in a very natural way and as it should. And yeah.
1: it's delicious. I mean, it, it must be more fun on set as well when you do things practically.
4: Yeah. And you can. Yeah, absolutely. And all the actors, are, you know, always uh, love having the creature uh, performer and the creature actually there present
1: yeah do you get much um pushback um from people when you do want to go down the practical road as no, far I mean, as the investors and the producers go
4: no i mean brad fisher the producer he's obsessed with uh, the same things yeah like doing it naturalistic getting it right getting it on screen getting it physical and so uh, he and i embraced this together and found the most wonderful collaborators to help us do that um but of course it's there is something the control Uh, you have you can't control it so well in post so you have to there is you know the augmentation that happens later is also part of the process
1: yes for sure um just quickly touching upon the casting as well um ashton franchosi very exciting to see her in this film and a lot of us australians know her from the nightingale did that film go a long way into casting her
4: Yes, but yeah, absolutely, of course. She's amazing in it. And she's such an extraordinary actress. And it's just so, uh, it was uh, so wonderful to work with her. She's so open and giving and questioning the character's actions and, and has uh, uh, loads of thoughts on how, wh- what the character is going through. And she's able yeah. to portray the nuances in a way that very few other people I work with is, is able to do.
1: Yes, fantastic. And and Liam Cunningham is just like a, a legend of an actor in and of his own right. Probably one of the most perfect casting choices I've seen in a long time. He was made to be the captain of the Demeter. What does working with an actor of his calibre teach you as a director?
4: Uh, it teaches me about collaboration. It teaches me that the, the performance is sometimes just in the small nuances and the the pauses and the... The way lines are spoken and the language and you know it's he's very professional but he's also very present and he's mm. in, in the moment and he can take direction and he he comes up with suggestions all the time he's always like thinking and doubting oh wait did i do that and then he comes up to he would come up to me and like, why can we you know let's do it this way in the next stage you know and uh i love actors like that so
1: Absolutely, for sure. Um, Very excited to be working with someone like him, I'm sure. But um, final question before I I let you run. You and I, I, I'm guessing around about the same generation, and I have no doubt that you grew up with all of those Amblin movies in the 80s. Um, They've been influential to you, I'm sure. Now that you're making a film with Amblin and DreamWorks involved, uh, is that surreal for you? It would be for me.
4: No, beyond re- surreal. I remember having the first meeting way be- years ago at Amblin and I was like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but so no, it's completely surreal to have, to see the DreamWorks logo on, uh, on a movie that I have my, my name on. It's, uh, yeah.
1: As a, as a movie lover and a horror lover, it, it got me excited to see as well. So anyway, thank you so much, Andre, for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, good luck with the, uh, the rest of the promotion.
4: Thank you.
5: Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Font Size, and we're going to be talking about what, Chad? Worst accents, mate. I got worst to, we, accents, mate, and we do this show. I don't know why I went from, like, really shitty Paul Hogan to really shitty Sid Vicious there for some yes. I I cannot do an accent for the life of me. Bobby, whatnot, and all that, and shrimp, and bluey for our Australian friends. I don't know. bluey. Oof. Brilliant. there's a lot of bad accents by the way i yeah. have a ton of right. on
6: well maybe we can do a bigger episode on this at a later date oh but this God. is a five I minute do, segment joke I
5: only do bonehead weekly but Ken, i one of the worst and i hadn't seen it in a long time and uh-huh. night, they added it on peacock and yeah. i'm like man i remember liking the opening i'll just watch the opening and it was Van Helsing. Steven Sommer's Van Helsing. Okay. <laughs> Even the opening's pretty rough. I remember yeah. liking it, but it still sucks. Because Dracula I- is awful.
6: It's kind of funny. I watched it with it's I probably watched it pro- maybe the same day with Abby
5: cuz she was wanting to watch something like, like similar to that. I'm like, "Oh, we can watch this." And she, and she couldn't stand it. <laughs> oh, dude. And, and 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 it has all the elements. It has everything I want. It has a black and white opening, all the creatures that I love, The Brides of Dracula that I love because Brides of Dracula actually is my one of my favorite Hammer films. It does it's the one without Christopher Lee. But yeah. real quick, the weirdest accent. I don't know what the hell Kate Bacon Be- Beckensell was in that movie i don't know what first of all the dialogue doesn't help her but the accent that she's doing i mean i have a list but wait is she not actually romanian to... james if you haven't watched it in 15 years i i'm i'm glad chad was another person who saw the, because i didn't finish it i couldn't fit i didn't finish it
6: yeah no and, and uh kate beckinsale was actually uh she on my narrowed down list she was in the top three but somebody far past
5: uh surpassed him her Oh, there's a list. There's actually one I'd like to say, but it's a movie you love. So we may just stay, do it later. We'll save that for our man Link. Or, or, for or James, James, go. James, you go, man. I'll keep going last. You
6: know, I was thinking I could go for the low-hanging fruit of somebody that slaughters a Southern accent and pick Nicholas Cage. But there's somebody that's actually a
5: more egregious. Put the bunny in the ball basket. Yeah.
6: There's a more egregious offender that people have forgotten because most people didn't see the movie. You do not become southern by elongating your vowel sounds. Yes, you do, sir. And I refer you to if you haven't seen it lately. Sorry, Orlando Bloom, but I didn't believe you
5: were from Kentucky at all, in, in Elizabethtown <laughs> uh, Town. that actually is on a lot of the lists. If you Google, could watch bad it and accents. think about it's his voice. Soil. Yeah, it's right never up, seen it. It's right up there with Dick Van Dyke. It's it's so boring. It's but, I mean, not even poorly made. It's just an incredibly boring movie. That's completely none of the none of the people that go to E Town are believable. Some of the mm-hmm. people who live in E Town are believable, but none of them – no.
6: But no. no, southern Southern accents are not just long vowels. So. Yeah, I mean, at, and we cover ours as best we can and do a terrible job, but still. Um. So, guys, I, I'm I haven't done this in over a year, I think, but I'm doing a twofer go keep going Go Go, go. the 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 twofer is actually one actor but he does two horrible accents in two different movies and he is one of our favorite actors of all time tim curry in Mikkel's navy where he plays the russian and and the romanian in congo
5: now i congo i was going to watch a while back because that's another one i haven't seen in 20 some years that it was like meh Okay. I I loved it, it, but I didn't.
6: I read the book. I read the book Congo before I saw the movie and I was kind of like, eh, it's all right, but the book's better, but no, um, his, he, he slaughters the Russian accent in Mikhail's Navy. He enunciates every, I can't do it, but it, I I will say this. He does it to a comedic effect where it's actually somewhat okay for me because he's still Tim Curry doing a Russian accent. And when he gets pissed, it's amazing. I can't say that about Congo. His Romanian accent's like a combination of South African, a little bit of Australian, maybe some British, and then you suck in a whole can of helium. Yeah, that's his uh, his imperson- his uh, accent in the Congo. Again, uh, just an amazing actor who did two of the most horrible accents in movie history. Uh, so I thought I had to mention Tim Curry. This has been
5: Bonehead Weekly
1: Fun Size. There we go, Boneheads. Thank you guys. Um movies with actors doing bad accents—that's a great
2: theme. That's every, every Russell Crowe movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, so true. Particularly recently,
2: like I love—I um, can't remember the name of it. Was um, <laughs> it a good? A good man. It's the. It's a. A movie of the book. Yeah, I know. About the, about the guy I know, the one, I
1: thought it was a good man.
2: A good year. A good year. Yep. A good year. And he's supposed to be playing a Brit. Yeah. His accent drops in and out over the course of the <laughs> film, and it was never that good to begin with.
1: He's pretty dodgy yeah. on most of the accents. So yeah. I, I found it interesting that Joe said Van Helsing, Kate Beckers her, which is a, a good point, but that's very on theme her with her the accent. vampires. But if you want to talk vampires, let's go Keanu Reeves in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah.
2: Jeez. Jesus. <laughs> I think if you're paying attention to Kate Beckinsale's <laughs> accent, <laughs> yeah. you're paying attention to the wrong things about Kate Beckinsale.
1: Here's a couple for you, though. What about Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. What that was about. Barney, Barney Rubble, like it's a terrible accent. Yeah. And Kevin Costner, of course, his British accent in Prince of Thieves is incredible. <laughs> I,
2: well, that's what I love about it because he does, it's like Sean Connery's uh, Russian accent in yep. Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Just doesn't bother. Just, I'm not doing one.
1: No, that's right. This is my oh, voice. Shelley. And and Sean Connery's in Prince of Thieves. Prince of th-
2: and it, they fucking work. Well, he actually is. But yeah. <laughs> would they, is the King of England Scottish? Could be. Maybe. I mean, Everyone William Wallace. Would, have, they they would have been a lot happier. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's right. But uh, uh, anyway, isn't he also the he's, he's King Arthur in uh, First Night as well? Yeah, he's played, he's played a lot of kings.
1: <laughs> been a lot of um, a lot Sean of Sean English Connery, kings. Sean Connery talk lately. Jarrett segment. You know. Yeah,
2: I, lo- I just I love Sean.
1: <laughs> yes. I'll take the rapist for 300 please. (laughs) 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 The
2: penis mightier.
1: (laughs) Let us recommend some movies. I
2: like that shoot you're wearing there, Glenn. Make it in man size. (laughs) (laughs) How is your mother, Trebek? (laughs) That's what your mother said to me last (laughs) night, Trebek.
1: I want to keep things a little bit vampire related here. So I was going to do Fearless Vampire Killers, but I speak about that a bit too much. Yeah, So instead I'm going to go Fright Night. Part 2. 1988. And obviously, I mean, make sure you see the first movie first before you see this one. But I do think, in all sincerity, it's one of the more underrated horror films in general. I think it's a really good film that doesn't get the uh, the attention it probably deserves. I don't know why it's regarded so badly. But uh, Tommy Lee Wallace directed this one. He took over the franchise from Tom Holland. And it kind of... um. It resets things almost after the events of the first movie because the... What's the, the lead actor? I can't remember his name from part one. Fuck. You know who I'm talking about though, the, the, the main kid.
2: The main kid is William Ragsdale?
1: That sounds about right. So in... I think, the, the, from Herman's Head? Yes. So at the start of part two, uh, it's established that it's three years later and he's been going to therapy and he's been convinced that it was all make-believe, that it was actually a serial killer that was... Lying, pretending to be a vampire, right? So he's convinced that vampires no longer exist. Um, there's all kinds of psychiatric therapy convincing him of that. Um, but then he discovers that a new coven of she vamps moves into the neighborhood. Um,
2: she vamps, yeah,
1: sexy. oh, it is very sexy, but it's um, it's just a whole lot of fun. You know, John, oh the guy from Napoleon Dynamite, John Cries or Cries is that his name?
2: John Grease,
1: Grease, that's it. He's sort of one of the henchmen
2: or the the He's great. You know his father was like a big time Hollywood director directed was he? that movie Will Penny with uh, yeah, right. Charlton Heston and that
1: does not surprise me. He he kind of has that thing about kid. him. That he's kind of like a um what would would say for Jackie
2: or Haley whatever his fucking name is. Um yeah. similar kind of Well, John Greaves was a child, star. like he yeah. was he was in Will Penny as the mm. little kid and stuff. So he plays sort they of like a in, a, m- in his movies.
1: Like, like a bodyguard to these she-vamps. And it's very funny. It's very surreal. Nightmarish, comical, all that kind of stuff. And look, this is controversial, but I think Fright Night 2 flows better than Part 1. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily a better movie. I enjoy it more. That's probably just because of my penchant for number two sequels. But it does flow so good. And why is this uh, so maligned? I don't know. Have you, have you seen this? No. No? I... Great poster too, by the way. Remember that white cover um, with
2: the face on it. Is it. It's the one that comes with the coffin case.
1: Well, that's one version of it. But the other one is like it's a white cover with a she-vamp on the front with a red lipstick and Yeah, right, which I think is
2: actually the harder to get of the two. Possibly. Because everyone collected the coffin case.
1: Yeah, I know like you can, the the white case, if you go even DVD, I think it's reaching hundreds of dollars online now. It's out of print.
2: Anything that you actually want. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But yes, the but co- is it Amanda Bear. Does she turn up? She's no, in the first one. She's isn't in the she? first
1: one, but she's not in the uh, not in the second. She's the girlfriend in the first one. Yeah, actually. the second was definitely like a, a step down budget wise, because you also don't have Stephen Godfrey's in it either. Well, he he kind of he dies in the first one, but you can bring him back. They're vampires. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Look, I I just I love my number two sequels. This is one that is genuinely a good one. Like I can concede that I love Caddyshack 2 and it is a bad movie, right? But I think Fright Night 2 is a good movie and um, I'd love to hear what people think of it if they've seen it because holds up. Holds up. Watched it last week and it's as good as the first
2: one. There yeah, it. right.
1: That's my recommendation. Nice. Fright Night 2, 88.
2: Well, I'm going to keep it on, on vampire track. Ooh. But I'm going to talk about a movie that I actually, like I should, uh, <laughs> disclaimer, like I worked on the release of this film. <laughs> Excellent. But I thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It is 2014's Summer of Blood Right I've not seen that Which is a It's a It's a kind of It's an indie comedy vampire film Mm -hmm. A New York New York indie comedy Vampire film Directed by this guy Erna Turkle Who has done a bunch of films since Um, Basically about this Kind of emotionally stunted Overweight Kind of Schlub who's basically i think he cheats on his girlfriend whenever he gets the chance and then doesn't understand why she dumps him right. and uh, but he's like you know he's all, he's lazy and kind of all you know but then one night he's out on the town and he gets bitten by this vampire and he become one but it turns him into this like sexual lothario <laughs> and while still while he craves blood but he find he can hypnotize women into having sex with him and stuff. like he, he just goes he goes kind of nuts uh, and it's just a lot. It's just a lot of fun. It's just such a great kind of indie, yeah. Kind of, you know, It definitely has that um, uh, day trippers slash. Um, uh, it kind of. I'm looking at the poster and Ed's next move type.
1: It kind of reminds me of Spaghetti Man, the one I mentioned a few weeks ago. Yeah. About the the schlob
2: that. Um, well, there's there's a. If you look at there's a couple of alternate ones. There's one where he's wearing a balaclava and all like. Yeah stuff like it's pretty uh <laughs> cool um
1: i'm looking at this guy's uh imdb page and he's directed quite a few films
2: yeah yeah he keeps yeah. M- he keeps making them
1: wicked i love that and but they're all they're all in the same sort of you know realm like same budget you know yeah,
2: yeah. but it's a you know this movie i don't know if it's on any streaming services uh Let's have a look while we're here. But you can definitely buy it from the Monster Pictures website.
1: Oh, that's all you need to know. Um, well, Summer of on blood. DVD. Here it is. It is on Apple TV and that's it.
2: So it's on iTunes. We put it on iTunes. So that's yeah, so interesting.
1: It's a rental. Buy. Mind you, justwatch.com where I'm looking this up right now is not that reliable.
2: No, especially it doesn't, it, it really does the TV yeah, well, it's, it's an American
1: website and I guess the other territories, it's sort of like it's extra work for them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, well, that's that's it. That's, that's a wrap. That brings us to the end of another show and the, fuzz, the fun doesn't stop there. So, you can join us on Facebook and YouTube this week for more of it. We'll have videos going up most nights, including trailer reactions. Uh, we've got uh, myself and Chloe doing the Wednesday Up Late podcast, which also has a video component. Um, lots of fun stuff. So, Catch us there. Would you like to sign us out of this episode, Ben? Uh, you've got a song that you chose for this particular one. <laughs> He's looking at me like a deer in headlights. Be monster
2: in black tights. Oh yes, <laughs> by Screaming Lord Such. Yep. This is a this is a cracker of a song. And what it?
1: what movie is this from, Ben?
2: Don't know, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know, but it's kind of on theme.
1: It's okay. I'm All sure
2: right. it is. I'm sure it is. I I first heard it on the uh, uh, Sex Anthology CD that, uh, from I think, was it Vivian, like not, uh, what's that d- English designer, Westwood? Vivian Westwood? Could be, I don't know. Who's like, the sh- you know, this, <laughs> you know, uh, arty clothing shop in Soho. Yeah. That also, like they did like vinyl and fetish wear and all sorts of stuff, you know, in the, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And she had this jukebox and she just put, you know, s- songs that she liked on it. So this... This, they put out this compilation CD of uh, the best of those of that jukebox selection yep and this is one of those songs but I'm positive it's been in it's been used in multiple uh, movie soundtracks okay but, well uh,
1: yeah well we're just not gonna know right now I just we? don't know no
2: no, no. Uh, we're playing
1: it anyway uh, enjoy bye, uh,
2: snuck it past the keeper
1: have a good week see you next time bye
0: Your wrinkled up chain where the worms have been. You make me want to hold you tight. Oh, I love to see you hopping along. What else can you do with three legs? No, it may seem ever so wrong. I like you best when you're in your best. My monster in black tights. You're everything a freak like Run away! I untie your chains today. Oh, I love to see you hopping along. I've got three legs too. No, oh, it may seem ever so long I like you best when you're in your best, my monster in black tights. You're everything a freak like I like And if you say you won't run away. Untie your chains today And I'll feed you, there And I'll take your cage away Come on, my dear My hideous little monster Let's go for what is the mercy